forever. Dog. Just between us. Hey. Just between us. Hey. Hello. I'm Alison Raskin. I'm a writer, mental health advocate, and I had breakfast at IHOP today. <gasps> I'm Gabe Dunn. I'm a writer, bicon, bisexual icon, wink, and a writer. Wait, you had a breakfast at IHOP? Why? Yeah, it was so good. Well, because my mommy was in town, which we'll get to during topics. Well, what really happened was yesterday we were trying to figure out where to go to breakfast, and there were four different options that we pulled out of a hat. And I pulled IHOP out, but John doesn't really like IHOP. So then I felt really guilty. And so I changed it to a different restaurant. But then this morning I was like, I want IHOP. So we went to IHOP. (laughs) Why does John hate IHOP? I guess people don't think it's very good. It's standard. (laughs) It's standard issue. What are you talking about? I love IHOP. Like deeply, deeply love IHOP. I've gone my whole life. I I went right after my my high school graduation. Of course. I live right by an IHOP that constantly has a sign out front that says space for meetings available. Incredible. And my whole life goal is to one day have a meeting at this IHOP. Imagine, okay, the flex of like meeting someone like important, but you're just in a booth at the IHOP. You got there 15 minutes early to sort of wait with a coffee. I would feel (laughs) like I was in a Tarantino movie. I would feel so cool. Well, I graduate from my master's program in a couple of weeks and I'm like debating. I'm like, do I have my grad party at the meeting space at the I? <laughs> yes, do it. Oh my God, that's so fun. It's like a throwback to my high school graduation. Yes, that's so fun. I love an IHOP. I love a Waffle House. I love a Denny's. That's because you're going to get the same service and the same consistent food at each place. I will say today, John and my mom got these pancakes with, strawberries on them like a strawberry compote and some of those strawberries were still frozen (laughs) (laughs) but that's what you're kind of going for as an experience you know what I mean that's sort of what you like when I was driving cross-country after my my breakup well I meant to fly to New Orleans and I ended up accidentally getting dropped off in Houston and I wanted to fly to New Orleans to see my friends because my one friend was getting divorced And she, I had not, we were, we had not been close when she got married. So I was not invited to the wedding, but then when she was getting divorced, as a friend from college. So a lot of my college friends live there. And so I was going to drive, I was going to fly to New Orleans from LA, but we ended up getting stuck in Houston. So we landed in Houston and then we were stuck for like hours and they like, couldn't get, find us a flight. And it was like, I needed to get to New Orleans by a certain time. I can't remember or by a certain day. And so I ended up just rent. I was like, figuring out like you could stay the night in Houston and then get on a flight the next day. Or there was like a rental car thing and they would just give you a credit and you could go to get a rental car and drive the rest of the way. So I was like, okay. So I got a rental car and I just drove to New Orleans from Houston and I stayed overnight in like a couple different places. So the thing is, is that when you're on the road in that kind of part of the United States, the Waffle House or the IHOP are like your consistent friend. Like if Mm -hmm. you need to pull off and go somewhere, it's open 24 hours. If you need food, if you need to pull off, like that's the place that you can consistently be like, I know what I'm getting. I'm driving into like small town Mississippi, but I think I will be okay at this IHOP or this Waffle House. I will say that I was not trans at the time. So I would probably have a very different experience now, but I was a woman traveling alone. You're just like describing what a chain restaurant is. Yes, but <laughs> there's like something... a chain restaurant is like, you know what you're no, going to get. <laughs> but there's something specifically comforting about a Waffle House in, in, and like an IHOP in those areas. Mm-hmm. It feels safer yeah. for some reason. <laughs> I don't know why. But it was I had a great time, even though they discontinued my favorite my favorite meal, which is the Swedish crepes. Um, which which was crepes with lindenberry sauce and lindenberry berries, like a lindenberry butter and a lindenberry berries. And now I had to just get regular fruit crepes. So that was like, I had to like really kind of talk myself down from spiraling about that. Um, but I kept it together and I enjoyed my meal. Why did they discontinue it? I don't know. People are always trying to change what's not broken. Right? <laughs> anyway, this is Just Between Us, a variety show filled with heartfelt advice ridiculous games and brutal honesty yeah if you run a restaurant and you have something that's working 
stop changing it. Yeah. Okay. Well, this week we're asking Sequoia Holmes some tough questions about Black culture and um, her podcast, Black People Love Paramore. And later we'll be talking all about surprises. And I had a big surprise and, and how we feel about surprises in general. Oh, yeah. Allison's going to share her surprise story. <laughs> but first, we have got to answer a listener's question. And you know what that means? Hit it! International question! International question! International question! Liz, California. Cool. We're in California. Yes, we are. I like that she put her age and pronouns, too. 23, she, her. Love it. Hi, Allison and Gabe. TLDR. I've always had a rocky relationship with my dad. We've always been on speaking terms, but I never really liked him or shared much of my personal life with him. I know it's totally fine to not like or love him, but how do I balance saying things to keep peace versus living my own truth and being honest? Mm. First, congrats, Gabe, on your name change and top surgery. I hope he's feeling excited and relieved and happy. I'm a longtime listener and really appreciate everything that you two put out into the world. Hey, thanks, Liz. A little background. My dad is emotionally absent and extremely depressed. His body has always been around, but I don't feel like we know each other. And I dread seeing him because it's usually awkward or uncomfortable. I know we both understand the reality of our relationship. My mom tells me what he says, but I'm not really interested in changing our relationship or talking to him about it. I am comfortable with the fact that I don't love him and that I probably won't ever come to love him unless he changes as a person or I decide to act on changing our relationship. He very occasionally will give me a hug or tell me he loves me, and this isn't comfortable for me. But the thought of saying something about it or rejecting his affection causes me more stress than just saying I love you without actually meaning it. I'm generally my family's peacekeeper, so I'm used to this, but is it immoral to keep agreeing with him slash going with this lie when I don't mean it? I almost think it would cause less harm to everyone in the long run if I just keep telling him I love him when he says it to me first. Let me know what you think. I know I'm probably the only one who can answer this question for myself, but I'd love some insight. Thanks, y'all. Oh, boy. I mean, I think that you have an incredible amount of self-awareness and an incredible amount of like pragmatism. And there are a lot of people that are in this position who try to convince themselves that they love their parent or try to convince themselves that what they're saying is true. And I think it's admirable that you're sort of like taking a very rational and sort of realistic approach to this situation. I tend to think that sometimes it's not worth having a conversation with certain people. Sometimes it's just if you feel okay about it and it's not really affecting your life and like it would be more of a stressor to address the thing, then I don't see why you have to. <laughs> Am I wrong? No, I totally agree. I mean, I think that there are maybe some people where saying I love you when they don't mean it would like cause them to have a, a lot of discomfort or an anxiety spiral. Maybe if you have like OCD or or something where you're like, so, or you have like these kind of like obsessions with telling the truth, they're like a compulsive truth telling type of thing. But if like this isn't causing you discomfort and it's more just a thing, like a philosophical question of if it's right or wrong, mm -hmm. then I definitely lean into like, just keep saying it. <laughs> you know, yeah. like I think a lot of times not being honest is the smoother route to take. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it's like kind of hilarious for me as someone with OCD who really used to struggle with like when I was a little kid, like I wouldn't tell my parents I love them because I wasn't sure what love was. And I was like so terrified of lying. Oh, my God. But like as an adult, being able to move away from that sort of like extreme black and white thinking and instead like see the value of nuance and grayness and like the value of a white lie, the value of like fudging the truth you know like i i talk a lot about like what is the outcome you yes. know like is like what is the fallout of this decision and if the fallout is that you're keeping the peace that you're not hurting this person's feelings that you're not like causing a whole blow up within your family then to me that's not a bad thing like mm -hmm. what you're doing isn't morally bad because the repercussions of it aren't bad and like that's kind of how i kind of define my own morality in a mm -hmm. lot of ways 
mm-hmm. rather than like honesty is always the best policy. It's like, how does things actually go from that decision? Like, what is the fallout or lack of fallout in this case? So I know it sounds weird, but I'm very pro just lying. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I think maybe also redefining love in that, like finding mm-hmm. something that you do appreciate about him and maybe just sort of being like, changing the way that you saying I love you means or feels to you. Like if there's a way to sort of be like, I appreciate his existence or I appreciate that he contributed to my existence or whatever you need to like create in your mind to then say, saying I love you to me, to him means this. So I'm not actually like I am, you know what I mean? Like, cause it means different things to different people. And it is this weird familial expectation that you have to say, I love you. And I've had friends who like, when they were growing up, their family never said, I love you. But then now as they've gotten older, the parents will be like hanging up and being like, love you, bye. And the kid is like, I don't fucking know what to say to that. Like you, what? (laughs) Like, uh, uh. And so like, I think there's just this like expectation of what familial relationships should be that gets put on people that like maybe doesn't work for every family. Yeah. And even if like, I don't even necessarily think that it's your responsibility to do the work of finding a way to love him. Sure. I think when we're estranged from a family member, Mm -hmm. it's painful. Mm -hmm. And so I think that like the pain of the estrangement needs to sort of like be less than the pain of what it's like to have them in your life. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. For it to be worth it. And a lot of times that is very clear that the pain of having a person in your life is much higher than yes. the pain of an estrangement. Yes. But like in this situation, it seems like this is a person that like is going to stay in your life. It's not necessarily going to be the father daughter relationship that we often see depicted in the media or that maybe mm-hmm. you even want for yourself. But I think that like it's kind of that thing of like, OK, well, this is what we have. I, it is, you know, worth it to me to not rock this boat. Mm-hmm. And so then I'm going to just not intentionally harm this person. Right. Which is kind of what not saying I love you back would do in a bizarre way. So I, I actually think that like, like Gabe said up top, like you're handling this really well. Like you're not lying to yourself about any element of it. Mm-hmm. You're sort of accepting the reality of, of what this relationship is, like the capacity that it has right now. Mm-hmm. And I also think that there is something probably very generous and caring about saying I love you back. Mm -hmm, Whereas mm -hmm. I think that like we could frame it as like, oh, I'm lying. But instead, maybe you're giving your dad a gift. Right. And that's a really lovely thing to do. Right. I find it funny that there's constantly these things with parents sometimes where it's like my mom tells me what he says. I know. Where like my mom sometimes don't say something to me directly, but my dad will say what she said. And I'm like, it's so funny. Like, I don't know. It's just it's just this really funny way of like communicating that sometimes parents have. Oh, funny is a word for it. I would I would potentially say maladaptive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. So maybe I don't know. Maybe it would rock the boat to be like, Mom, I don't want to know what he's saying. But I don't know. Maybe just yeah. it's not worth doing. But it is kind of this funny triangulation that happens with kids and parents sometimes. Yeah. But I think just like reframing it as a kindness instead of a lie might might be helpful. Agreed. Agreed. Hopefully that was useful. If you want to submit your international question, you can send it to just between us pod at gmail.com. That's just between us pod at gmail.com. Up next, we've got an exciting interview with our highly esteemed guest, Sequoia Holmes. Stay tuned. Hi, everyone. Allison here. Anyone who knows me well knows that I love to read. I am always looking for new books, and that is why I'm so excited that this episode is sponsored by Book of the Month. Book of the Month's mission is to help readers discover new books they love and to promote the work of emerging authors. It was so fun for me to get to pick which book I wanted to read this month and have it shipped right to my door. Book of the Month makes it easy to decide which book to read next. Each month, the editorial team reads through hundreds 
hundreds of new titles. They pick some of the best new books for you to choose from. All the books are good, so you can't go wrong. Every aspect of the Book of the Month experience is designed to be fun and special for readers. They have a highly anticipated release at the beginning of each month. Books are delivered in this really adorable bright blue box. And there's a fun app to help you pick your book and track your reading process. They also offer great values on new release hardcover fiction. It's much cheaper than other options. Shipping is always free. And with a loyalty program, you get rewards and even lower prices the longer you stay as a member. My first book from Book of the Month was The Husbands by Holly Gramazio. I am tearing through this book. It is so fun. It's basically about this woman who one day comes home and there's a husband in her apartment. And she's like, where did you come from? And then she figures out that every time her new husband goes into the attic a new husband comes out and she's she's like shuffling through all these different husbands from the attic trying to figure out which one is the best it is right up my alley and I love it so much so if you want to take part in book of the month and have a brand new book shipped right to your door every single month go to bookofthemonth.com and get your first book for five dollars with code pedals that's five dollars off with code pedals i cannot recommend this enough with mother's day around the corner are you thinking about a truly special gift for your mom let me tell you all about mylifeinabook.com it's a unique service that turns your mom's life stories into a beautiful book pretty cool right here's how it works Every week, mylifeinabook.com will send her a question via email. These can be pre-written questions about her life or any custom questions you wish to ask. And then she can either type her response or use their voice-to-text feature. And mylifeinabook.com compiles all her responses into a beautiful keepsake book. And guess what? They can even create an audiobook using her voice recordings. It's like preserving her voice and her stories for eternity. Imagine discovering stories about her youth, adventures, and the challenges she overcame. This book becomes a legacy, something you and future generations can treasure forever. Your mom's given you a lifetime of stories. This is your chance to give her a way to share them. Right before I found out about this project, my mom made an offhand comment about wanting to write a memoir because she had such a wild childhood and there are all these things she's never really talked to us about. But asking someone to sit down and write a memoir is kind of daunting. So then I got her mylifeinabook.com and now she's getting prompts to answer on a weekly basis and it's a lot easier than just undertaking an entire memoir. I'm so excited to see what my mom does with mylifeinabook.com because she's someone who doesn't always feel comfortable just sharing about herself but having these prompts and knowing that I really want to hear her answers is going to inspire her to probably share more with me about her life and her upbringing than I've ever been shared with before so I'm so excited for that check out mylifeinabook.com and use code just between us at checkout for 10% off create an unforgettable gift for your mom this mother's day that's mylifeinabook.com use code just between us for 10% off today just between us it's time for the juiciest most scandalous most controversial segment known to all of podcasting tough questions this week on the show we have sequoia holmes the host of black people love paramore a humorous podcast about the seemingly random underrepresented interests of different niches of black people hello sequoia hello i'm so excited to be here with you all oh we're so excited (laughs) why do black people love paramore I think Haley Williams is just immensely talented and Black people generally go up for talent and Haley just has <laughs> it, you know? But I've heard this from a lot of different Black people and I see memes about it all the time. Yeah. But like, why specifically do, do you like Paramore or why did Paramore become the the thing that is representative of like underrepresented Black interests? I really, I really do think it's Haley, but I think that we all kind of went through maybe a little bit of an emo phase. And if not an emo phase, we were definitely all listening to Paramore around the same time where a lot of us were. And we were doing it in secret because often, (laughs) because it was like, oh, I don't really know who I want to talk to people about this, only to get older and find out via social media, Twitter and whatnot, that we were all doing it in secret (laughs) a little bit. And so why are we doing that? I don't know. But they have like a... A certain funkiness to their music, I will say. Haley's vocal range is immense. She regularly references Black women who have influenced her. Mm. And we can hear it. I can hear it. 
Yeah, I'm wondering like how much of it is is just the music versus like also her as a person and like what she's talked about and represented. Mm -hmm. She's also kept a pretty good profile when it comes to sticking her foot in her mouth or anything of that sort. Minimal, minimal, which which is (laughs) not easy to find these days with social media and stuff. She's pretty offline. And I feel like that's good. Why were you guys hiding it, though? I don't know. It was like not I guess it wasn't like a cool thing. Like it was like, oh, Black people are supposed to be doing X, Y, and Z, but we are actually doing this other thing is what we all felt. Nobody was, mm. you know, necessarily pressuring us one way or another, but it's how at least I felt. <laughs> and just like, uh, can we like talk a bit about like how much Black culture influences general culture, but mm-hmm. then we like to pretend that it doesn't? Yeah. I mean, it's undeniable. It's so visible everywhere from quote-unquote internet speak that is mm-hmm. literally just AAVE repackaged to be trendy um, to nails now being a thing that's mainstream when it wasn't always something that was super mainstream. It was a little bit more underground and specific to the black black and brown community, I will say for that one. Um, to certain makeup trends like the brown lip liner, the, the Hailey Bieber glazed lip, whatever the hell. All of that. It's it's so pervasive. It's everywhere. Black culture is American culture, honestly, and kind of by proxy, the world's culture at large. How do you feel about that? I feel I want to say it's a little bit nuanced. I feel annoyed, one, because I feel like things have become a little bit too enmeshed. And so no one really knows the origins of lots of things and the origin of things is important for the context to understand who can or should and should not participate in such context. And if you are going to participate and be a quote unquote outsider, do so respectfully. But if no one understands the origins or is aware of the origins, no one's being respectful in any capacity. So that kind of bothers me a little bit. But also, it just goes to show how truly impactful And cool, Black people really are. There's just like a coolness that is hard to quantify, but exists. How do you decide on the show what is considered white culture? Or how do you and your guests decide like what is white culture, quote unquote? Um, We don't actually discuss white culture in general. (laughs) We just discuss, yeah, we... Things are not centered in a white way at all. It 100% centers Blackness and just trying to show these interests that a lot of us have. It's not rare, which is the point of the show. I am not unusual. Most of us are not unusual. We simply are not represented mainstream. And so that can lead to feelings of erasure and like you have to be secret like we did when we were a little bit younger. And I wanted to offset some of that. So it very much centers Blackness. And we just talk about things that we consume because we consume lots of different things. What has been like some of the most fun things to get to discuss on the show that people like wouldn't necessarily expect to be such a fan favorite? (laughs) A few fan favorite episodes have been the Ariana Grande episode. I think that one was a fan favorite because it was a little bit controversial. I'm saying fan favorite. It really was a fan favorite amongst Ariana Grande fans, but amongst folks who are not Ariana Grande fans for understandable reasons, i.e. blackfishing, et cetera, et cetera. It was controversial, but people listened and they had feelings. And so that one was a good one. The Twitter episode is another fan favorite. I think it was just because that one was so well done. Mm, Historically Black Phrases episode is another one that was a fan favorite. Also exceptionally well done, if I must say so myself. Did I do it? Yes. But I still did it. It was great. (laughs) You hear a lot about Black Twitter. So how was the Twitter episode framed? Or like, what did you, how do you explain Black Twitter? (laughs) I feel like it's difficult to explain. Black Twitter ends up being a lot of the internet cultural zeitgeist at large. So it's hard to talk about the internet without getting into Black Twitter at some point. But it was myself and my two journalist friends talking about times that we have all been kind of dragged on Twitter and things that we've experienced as Black women in the Twitter space who have been on Twitter for decades at this point. Not decades, a decade. Plus a little bit more, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So that was a, that one also was a really good episode if you guys want to listen. I'd love to kind of talk about cultural appropriation um, and like people who like just don't even in, 
understand it because I think there's like this sense of like, but why wouldn't you want to share your culture with other mm-hmm. cultures? And so can you kind of almost give like a 101, like why this is an issue kind of breakdown? There's this, there's a few reasons in my opinion, and this is just speaking for myself. One, there's a level of entitlement that comes with it. It's like, well, why can't I use this thing? You can't use this thing or don this thing because there are folks who are literally dealing with social repercussions, monetary repercussions, etc., for naturally possessing that thing, whether that is a larger butt or wearing hairstyles that suit particular hair textures. There are real life repercussions that prevent people from being able to live truly full lives often that are then being kind of cast to the side, negated, and worn as a trendy, edgy thing. And that's a problem to me. It's also who gets credited for it. Mm -hmm. Like, wow, this Instagram model invented cornrows. It's Mm -hmm. like, uh, did she? I don't know. Or what's considered Mm -hmm. trashy versus what's considered high fashion. Like you talked about nails, right? Like I remember... It would be a a black woman on television would be represented as being trashy for having long nails. But then now it's like these all of these white people have it and suddenly it's high fashion. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think also it's who's making money off of it. Yeah. And like you said about Ariana Grande, black fishing, which is like presenting yourself as a race that you not actually that you're not actually, but doing it in a subtle way that like people assume that you're black because of what you're giving off, but you're mm-hmm. not maybe not saying it and then having the opportunity to just take off the tan and the hair and the lips and go back to being white when it suits you. 100% right. Capitalizing off of what's what you're deeming as edgy, which is someone else's just normal life. And then you get to not be edgy or partake in that anymore when you feel like it, when other folks that's not our reality. I just am black. That's it. I don't get to untan or retan or anything of the sort. I just am black. I walk through the world as a black woman. That comes with certain consequences that I don't choose. Um, And it's problematic when other folks choose to and choose not to and choose to and choose not to, you know? Or they don't have the history. Like, I mean, right now I've fallen down a Hilaria Baldwin rabbit hole. And it's like, she benefits from seeming Spanish, but she doesn't actually have the history of going through the world as a Latina 100%. or and like so she you get the benefits without any of the um, lived experience to actually represent that group. That's Ariana Grande as well. Um, I and I say this as a noted Mocha Grande. I can definitely see her faults. Even her last name actually being pronounced Grandy instead of Grande, but choosing to go with that pronunciation for a public persona in order to I seem a little bit, mm-hmm, in order to <laughs> seem a little bit more racially ambiguous mm-hmm. um, when, you know, you're an Italian woman, a white woman. And that's it. Mm-hmm. That's fine. <laughs> well, hilar- choosing Hilaria over Hillary is certainly a choice. A choice. <laughs> a choice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As like a consumer like, where is the line for you where someone has misbehaved so much where you're like, I can't engage with their content anymore, their mm. products? See, this is so subjective. And so for me personally, it really, this is sad. It really depends on how many, how much utils I am getting out of what you are producing. So <laughs> for Ariana Grande, <laughs> I can see her faults and I get so much out of what she creates Then I'm like, okay, yes, I'm going to outwardly address your faults because I feel like I need to do that. And I'm also going to listen to positions on repeat (laughs) because I like it. And then but but if you go somewhere like a Taylor Swift, Mm -hmm. I personally am not going to engage with the Taylor Swift because I don't find what she creates. I don't I don't get anything out of that. And she has stepped on black people's toes to too often. There's too many things going on. You have to go, you know? Yeah. So that's my personal experience with it. Everybody draws their line at different places. And that's not to say that I feel like Taylor should be canceled or something. There's a separate line for that for me personally, that Taylor doesn't quite 
cross the threshold for. But yeah. And also, like, I wonder, you know, kind of circling back to like Black Twitter and like a lot of times, like I'll be on Twitter and I'll, and I follow a lot of of therapists and a lot of Black therapists and I'll see them posting these really interesting, intriguing points of view. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, I shouldn't favorite that because I'm not of the community that they're talking about. I mean, mm. is that sort of like the right approach to sort of be like some conversations were not meant to be a part of, if that makes sense? I do think that some conversations, some folks are not meant to be a part of. And I think that that's fine. Yeah, But you can retweet and amplify. I mean, I'm not on Twitter. I left in 2020, but Congratulations. Thank you so much. Because, yeah. I was, in fact, canceled and had to leave. Oh, um, okay. But mm-hmm. uh, not for anything racial. Uh, mm-hmm. But <laughs> so just to clarify. <laughs> um, but there, like, I like to amplify stuff. Mm-hmm. But I don't, I think when I see people respond, I do see that mm-hmm. entitlement where I'm like, don't reply to this. Stop. Like, stop that. You don't have to reply. <laughs> and also, depending on the language that's used in the initial tweet, I'm careful of like retweets and that sort of thing. If it feels like an in-group issue where like in-group language is being used, I'm personally not going to retweet it, you know? Mm -hmm. So for things that fall within the queer community, if there's certain language being used in the tweet, even if the sentiment of the tweet is something that I feel like needs to be amplified, it doesn't need to be amplified by me, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah, Yeah. like I I maybe agree, but like, who am I to agree about this thing about a community I'm not a part of? Who the hell am I? That's the thing. That's where I always (laughs) lean back. It's like, yeah, sure. You agree. You have thoughts. You would like to speak. Maybe you shouldn't. I think we all stand to be a little bit more quiet. And I, with the podcast, um, try to do that as often as I can. (laughs) Do you feel like uh, doing this podcast has sort of like changed how cuted you are about your own tastes and like the way that you move through the world and like feeling more comfortable, like claiming your interests? Not for me personally. I haven't been uncomfortable claiming an interest since middle school ish. Um, (laughs) So uh, it hasn't, it hasn't done that for me. No, not necessarily. Has it done it for guests? You think? Maybe. I think more so it does it for the community that listens to it. Uh, Mm -hmm. Most of the guests that come on much like myself, have created content to some degree and are kind of chronically online and often happy to give takes on things. So many of them are just kind of like, I don't care. (laughs) And same. Um, But I think it helps listeners feel a little bit more seen than they otherwise would have. Yeah, it's interesting. I was just at karaoke and this is an observation from my group of friends at karaoke. It was a mixed group of people and all the white people got up and did like rap songs. And all the black people (laughs) got up and did like pop punk. And I started noticing that trend or like my friend whose birthday it was, she's black. And she, her first song was like a Limp Bizkit song. And then like everyone else got up and did like, or like, or, or like the white people were like, no scrubs or whatever. And I was like, (laughs) this is so funny. I don't know Mm -hmm. what this means, but it was an observation where I was like, this is hilarious. That's that is a very funny observation. I think art gives you a window into a life that you might not mm-hmm. engage with on a day to day basis or might not have access to on a day to day basis, which is why, you know, white folks might get up and do a rap song and black girl might get up and do Olympics, Olympus get song because it's not my day to day. But for right now, I'm going to pretend I'm going to be Olympus right now. <laughs> Yeah. And just like smash things and do like a headbanging performance, oh, which I, I love it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, is there anything like that you feel like when you talked about a niche that like people were like, oh, because like Ariana Grande, everyone knows. But like, is there anything like hyper specific that like through the podcast, you realize like way more people were into than you thought? Nothing has. Oh, you know what? Yes. Tony Hawk. Tony Hawk. <laughs> I had that suggested to me as someone who grew up pretty girly on the girlier end of things. I was not skateboarding, consuming video game content, anything of the sort. Apparently, that's just me. Black people at large, regardless of gender, were consuming Tony Hawk. Tony Hawk is like a known, consistent staple apparently and i didn't really know that so i'm happy someone suggested it because i did it and that episode is also a fan favorite but how often do you see that represented like you would never 
you don't often see like TV shows about that type of thing or any or a character who's black is not like holding a skateboard or anything like that. I'm tired of that. Right. I'm very tired of that because skateboarding is such a black thing. Like every black person that I know has some relationship to skateboarding to some degree. Like, oh, my cousin skateboarded and he like tried to teach me a little bit when I was a kid, but I was really bad at it. So I didn't want to do it anymore. Or yeah, no, I actually learned how to, I really learned how to skateboard. And like, I had a little mini skateboard. No, I still have it, you know? And it's not something that I see represented. And that annoys me, which is the entire premise of the podcast. I'm like, why am I seeing the same representation 8,000 times? I'm tired and I don't want to wait to be seen by, I don't want to be wait to be validated by other folks. I can do it. In LA, there's a Let's Cruise or Let Booze, something like that, that is like an LA skate club. And it's for like queer and like underrepresented skateboarding type people or people just who want to skateboard, but they're like, I don't feel like there's a place for me. And it's a lot of black women I see that are there. Mm-hmm. I follow them on Instagram. <laughs> oh, I love that. I did not know that. I want to join. I want to learn. Yeah. My friend Cerise goes to it and that's how I learned about it. And like now I just see all these like really cool skateboarding videos. But when I was growing up, we just saw like men skateboarding. We just mm-hmm. saw Tony Hawk. We just saw like I couldn't name. I don't think I could right now name like a famous female skateboarder not even at all. I don't think I know a black skateboarder. I don't think I could name a famous black skateboarder. I could name one and that's, that's sad. Who is he? There are a lot. Nija, last name I can't remember. Nija, something starts with an H. Yeah, but he's like tatted. He's cute. (laughs) I also, it's like this conversation is making me think about the discourse. I guess it was like early 2010s of like blurred black nerd. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which like, can you explain what that is? And like, also why I'm now being like, why were we like black nerd? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know why the specificity there and blurred is something that comes up often with regard to my podcast. Issue is I don't identify as such at all. Like I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I like what I like. No one's ever called me a nerd in my life, nor a blurred. <laughs> and so I don't know. <laughs> I think it was like this thing where... Black guys started wearing glasses and people were like, I started wearing Gabe, please. You know, like started wearing like, and then people were like, ooh, blurred or whatever. And like, it's this thing of like, I forget which comedian has the joke about it, but like about dressing like Wolverine and then people on Halloween being like, black Wolverine. And he's like, no, just just Wolverine. Wolverine. Yeah, I'm just dressing like Wolverine, but okay. We're going to take a quick break, but stick around. And we're back. Before we move on to the game, I'd love to ask, like, what are your favorite things right now? Like, what are some stuff that you're just like so enmeshed in and loving? Uh, This might be a little off topic a little bit. I just got an aura ring. And I'm obsessed with tracking my sleep. So (laughs) I am doing everything in my power to increase my REM sleep. It has been in the red for the entire week that I've had it. And I'm concerned. So that is something. (laughs) Is red bad? (laughs) Red is bad. Yeah, red is bad. It's like you're supposed to get between 20 and 25% of your sleep to be REM sleep. And mine is consistently 10 to 15%. I'm like, why am I getting so little REM sleep? What's going on? So now I'm trying to optimize that. Um, what about what? Okay, what about like music? What's like a music recommendation? Ooh, this is embarrassing. I'm I'm looking at my Spotify, but I'm gonna say it anyways. <laughs> I have had on repeat. Are y'all watching The Idol? No. No. Okay. It's pretty are bad. you? Uh huh. It's pretty bad. <laughs> it's pretty bad. Yes, definitely hate watching it. Um, but the song. From the idol, the main song, like the main girl, she's a pop star. She has this one main main song called "I'm a Freak." It's so good, and they finally put <laughs> it on streaming, and I've just had it on a loop. I'm like, yeah, it's like such a vibe. It's like uh, that Bob's Burgers meme where <laughs> the character's just doing this thing, doing this vibey thing. That's that's the vibe. It's <laughs> funny whenever on these shows they're like this is supposed to be like a a bad song or like a demeaning song or something, right? And then it's always a fucking bop, like bop. Like it's always, it always slaps. Like it's like, it's like the bad songs from Lady Gaga's A Star Is Born. I'm like, those are my favorite ones. (laughs) Like enough, right. First of all, Gaga's not capable of giving me a bad song. Sorry. Yeah. I (laughs) will stand behind it. 
And also music's like TV show songs consistently bop. Like right? That. Or even mm-hmm. movie songs. What is that? Uh, Turning Red? Oh, yeah. The soundtrack for Turning Red is wild. I'm like, is this supposed to be bad or is this supposed to be as good as it is? Because <laughs> Grammy it quickly. I needed to get a Grammy. It's great. Yeah. I play Hair, Body, Face by Gaga more than I play any, like, of a shallow ever in my like, life. Right. Give me the fake bop. It's going to hit almost yeah. every time. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Would you like to play a game show? Yes, I would. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> this game is called Hypotheticals. You and Gabe are going to be my contestants. I'm going to give you a series of hypothetical situations. You can ask any clarifying questions you might have. And then you tell me what you would do in that situation. And I decide whose answer I like better. Okay. Okay. But sometimes you might agree. We might all agree. They could be contentious or easy. That's a real variety. Feel free to ask questions. There's always yes. follow-up <laughs> answers. Got it. Got it. Okay, so our first game is America's favorite game show. Would you stay with this cheater? You have a rare disease that can only be cured by being frozen for one year in a human refrigerator. During that time, your partner of 15 years cheats on you 27 different times, each time swearing to themselves that they won't do it again. Would you stay with this uncontrollable cheater? Jeez. How long am I frozen? <laughs> One year. And we didn't like set up some kind of non-monogamy situation? That's what I'm thinking. No, they said that they wanted to wait for you and that they, they were the ones who insisted that they would stay they would stay true to you. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's a red flag. I hate That's that. Weird. Yeah. I hate that. Why promise that if you can't do it? Like you didn't even have to. I was happy to let you have some passes. Right. <laughs> I think no, primarily, I would not stay because, well, one, am I healed now? Yeah. Oh, all right. I can live my <laughs> life to the fullest. <laughs> and two, like, if you're going to, if you're going to be the one who's like, no, I want us to stay monogamous. I w-, you know, it's always that person who cheats. It's always mm. the person who's like obsessed with monogamy who cheats. Mm. I don't know. In my experience, what I've seen in the world, it's always <laughs> like, it's always like, no, I could never. And then they're the one having a full affair. Yeah. Sequoia, your thoughts? That sounds right. <laughs> uh, never mind. I was going to name names, but why would I do that? Um, Just give a general overview. <laughs> I feel like I I want to say I would leave, but maybe I would stay just because I don't think I would be that upset because I knew you were doing something like that. Anyways, you're the one that was weird about it. You're the one that didn't want to do it. And that's on you. But I knew I would be doing it if you were frozen for a year. So, <laughs> so yeah, make sure you don't ever get frozen for a year because payback. Make sure you don't ever get frozen, get for, frozen a year, for a year because payback. Yes. Mm-hmm. You go out, you sleep with 28 people just to fuck with them. Yeah. Just one more. That one, one more. more. Do it. Push it over the edge. Yep. Okay, so we're divided. I think that the right answer, I think it's to put them in a freezer for a year. Okay. I like that. Even though they don't need like it, that. that they just I have do. to go in the in the fridge mm. for a year too. So they can know how it feels, eye for an eye, you know? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. And that is how we run things here, an eye for an eye. I like Very it. karmically aligned. <laughs> yeah, I like it. That's my type of What are y'all's are y'all astrology people? Gabe is, I'm not. I am. Gabe, okay. Can I have your big three? Okay. Gemini Sun, Taurus Rising, Sagittarius Moon. Why, what are you? Okay. Gemini Sun. Virgo moon, Capricorn rising. Oh my God, you okay, have the good. same you have the same chart as Allison. Is that my chart? Really? I don't even know what it was. You have the <laughs> same chart. You have the exact same chart as Allison. When's your birthday? <laughs> June fourteenth. It was last week. Oh my God. Oh yeah, we're yeah, all June babies. June first. Oh okay. J- June twentieth. Okay. Oh, oh my wow. God, you just barely made the cut. I, I'm like the last day. <laughs> yeah, cancer cusp. Oh my God, you have the same chart as Allison. That's so crazy. That's why? I've never met somebody with my same big three. Where are you born? I'm Long Beach. Okay, interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I was born in New York. Okay. You're Virgo rising, you said? A uh, Virgo moon, Capricorn rising. Okay, Allison is Capricorn moon, Virgo rising. Ooh, Damn. a Cap moon, scary. <laughs> is it? What's it mean? Um, Type A. Oh. stoic with yeah. emotions anti-emotions if you will oh i'm very emotional okay well there you go very <laughs> perhaps too emotional mm. um. <laughs> same wow okay 
Our next game is already our... railed us. No, I'll no. Maybe... I find it fascinating, even though I don't believe it. We found out that you guys are like tethers or something. This is amazing. It was worth it, right? It was worth the derailment. And we're all Gemini's. I love that for us. Okay. Yes. <laughs> okay. Our next game is: Are you a terrible parent? Your impulsive child, forty-three, wants to quit their lucrative-paying job to open a boutique jewelry store. Mm. Featuring their own jewelry that is absolutely horrible. And they plan to use their life savings to do it. To prevent this from happening, you make up a story that your accountant stole your money and you might need their help financially. They decide to stay at their job to help you and give up on their dream. Are you a terrible parent? You put all the money they gave you into a savings account to give back to them in one year. I mean, not terrible, but definitely not the choice I would make personally. <laughs> I why why would what a forty three year old does with their money be any of my business? It's also not. like uh, uh, you, jewelry is subjective. Mm-hmm. Like I'm saying, it's horrible and that I don't like it. But other, no one likes it. You don't know that. It's very ugly. <laughs> I love ugly things. You love ugly things. I don't. I like little creatures. Right. <laughs> you have a million little weird statues. Yeah, but they're beautiful. To you. To you. Yeah. To you. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. it's subjective. I can't say that everyone in the world is going to hate this jewelry. What if their jewelry becomes a big hit in Japan? Right. What right. if it's like camp and people are like, yeah, I mean. Yeah. What if it's camp? I'm wearing Allison? it for the bit, you know? Oh, my God. I thought you meant what if it's like summer camp where some people like it and some people (laughs) don't. I was like, I guess I didn't realize summer camp was so controversial. No, that tracks well. I mean, what if it's like the camp bracelets, you know, that you make at summer camp? Oh, my God. That was the straightest thing that's ever happened to Allison. (laughs) (laughs) Just saying something. Right. I'm sorry for you, but that's okay. I think I think like I love ugly stuff. Like we don't know. Art is subjective. Yeah. Okay, but they have they have had different schemes over the years and each time it brings them financial ruin. And then what do I do? Do I have to help them? Yeah, you've had to bail them out multiple times. It's so and this annoying. Time they finally have a good lucrative job that they're about to quit. That's so annoying. Mm-mm. You're 43. You're so grown, like so grown. You're going <laughs> to have to figure it out. You are absolutely going to have to figure that out. And I and am I rich? You have brought in about 300k a year. Am I investing? Yeah. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'll t- I, I think I can help them. I'm just in a weird headspace because I did an episode of my other show about Warren Buffett and he's like the richest guy in the in like the US and he doesn't help mm-hmm. his children at all. And like his I've granddaughter heard. doesn't have health insurance. And I think that's fucked. That's horrible. Yeah. That he's is very he's fucked, a bad yeah. person. So he doesn't pay fucked. for his granddaughter's health insurance. He doesn't. He He doesn't like give them any of the kids help like at all and and it would be like a drop in the bucket to him it's fucked up right is this one of those tax loopholes where warren buffett actually like puts the money in a trust that has the kid's name on it for when he passes all the kids have foundations that he donates to okay 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 that's what i figured but right now they're struggling because he's alive yeah he just like what he just like the dot there's like a story where the daughter was like I need to expand my kitchen because I have a new baby and there's no room for the high chair in the kitchen because they all live in like modest homes. And she was like, can Mm -hmm. I have $40,000 to remodel my kitchen so I have room for my baby? And he was like, no, get it from the bank like everyone else. Warren. Yeah, he's a monster. And and $40,000 would be nothing to him. It would be like giving her $5. It'd be like $40 to us. And he's like, I don't give a fuck about your baby. So fuck him. I thought he was like a big philanthropist. Yes, but not to his own family. Not to his own family. Not to his own kids, no. And and it's kind of a misnomer because he's giving, I already did a whole episode about this, but he gives money to like the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, which like, okay, Basically, all these rich people are just moving money around to each other and calling it charity. Oh, It's Ugh. fun. Ew. Okay. So we'll go with terrible, terrible parent, parent. And we should let them fail. We should let and then just kid. bail them out. <laughs> yeah. If that's my only kid, what am I? What else am I? And I'm comfortable. What else am I spending my money on? You know what I mean? Life's too short. Well, uh, I guess you'll probably have to buy a lot of their ugly jewelry. And I yeah. will. Yeah. <laughs> you know your mom would do that for you. She absolutely would. Yeah. Uh, 
Okay, our final game, which is actually very exciting because it's uh, it's from a listener. This is our <gasps> first ever listener submitted hypothetical wow. from Victoria. Here we go. It's pretty good. I think this might have happened to her in real life. Oh my god! Okay, <laughs> is this a date? Two single people are lined up outside of a busy restaurant. The person in front of you asks you to join them at a table for two so that you can move up the line faster. Is this a date? Do you have to talk? Well, I don't know. You they you don't agree on that. They just ask if you want to join their table so that you can get a table faster. And how nice is this restaurant? It's an upscale uh, cafe that doesn't take reservations. Ooh, and I really want to go to it. Yeah, you've been waiting in line already for 30 minutes. Yeah, okay. I think it's a date. You can make it a date. I think you could turn it into a date. But that's not how the game works. Do you think the person's intention in asking you to join them was a date? What no, do you think? Because they said their intention. They said that it was to speed up the line. So that's what I would assume their intention was. Oh my God, Sequoia. But they're. Oh my God. <laughs> You're that type of person. You're like, they said what they want. You sound like my boyfriend. He's like, why? They said what they wanted. You got to say it with your chest. Oh you got to say it with your chest. <laughs> You were behind them, so they would get their table no matter what. They're offering for you to get to sit sooner. If you don't use the word date, it's not a date to me. I don't know. (laughs) Okay. I don't know. Fair enough. (laughs) Okay, fair enough. Maybe you're going to see what the vibe is. Sort of like speed dating. Mm -hmm. That's fun. Yeah, if I like him, he's a date. Yeah. That's always how this game goes. It It goes, how attractive are they? That's it. (laughs) Here's my thing. Is this a situation where you go up and pay and they give you a number and then you come and sit down? Or is it you pay Mm. at the end of the meal? Pay at the end. Date. Because if you've already Mm -hmm. paid and you each get a separate little number for your table and like you've paid for yourselves and then when you finish your meal, you can leave because you already paid and you don't have to wait for them. Not a date. But if you have to wait and like split the bill, date. Okay. Well, twist. It's not a date. And at the end, they expect you to pay for their meal because they gave you the table. Oh, my God, it's a scam. Yeah, it's a scam. It was a scam, not a date. Oh, man, how often does that happen? It was a scam, not a date. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Be careful out there, folks. Be careful. Did our listener say what happened? No. Oh, my God, write in. Listener who suggested this. Yeah, write Victoria, in. Victoria, let Victoria. us know what happened. Tell us what happened. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Thank you so much for joining us. Where can people find you, follow you, and listen to your podcast? Thank you so much for having me. You can listen to my podcast literally everywhere, including YouTube now. Unfortunately, I don't want to be on there, but here I am on YouTube. You can find me there. You can email me at blackpeoplelovepiermore@gmail.com. You can find me across social media at BPLPpod, and you can follow my personal accounts across social media at Sequoia. B. Holmes. Amazing. Thank you so much. Thanks, y'all. Stick around. After the break, we'll be talking all about surprises. Welcome back to Just Between Us. It's time for Topics. XXXXXXX. Baby. 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 Oh, it's nice. short, short and sweet, short and sweet. <laughs> okay, so tell us your surprise story, Allison. What happened? <laughs> yes. So if you follow me on Instagram, you might already know what happened. But basically, my birthday was on Tuesday. We're recording this on Friday. Mm-hmm. And we had plans to go up to Santa Barbara because we were doing the, the final uh, tasting for the wedding. So we were like going to go up to the hotel and like, taste all the food and have like a fun day in Santa Barbara. Nice. And so we like woke up uh, pretty early and John went and took the dogs out and I was just like taking a shower and getting ready. But as everybody who's a loyal fan knows, I'm like kind of like, I like to be naked. Like I just yes. like do a lot of chores Same. naked. You walk I don't around get naked. dressed right away. Yeah. Like I walk around naked a lot. And so I was like taking my time, like getting showered. And I like, I also get really hot after a shower. And so I was like really hot. I didn't want to put my clothes on yet. And like John had showered in the bathroom too. And so I was like, okay, well, I have to go pee, but I don't want to be in the hot bathroom. So I'm going to go to one of the other bathrooms. I do the same thing. Right. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And so I walked out of my bedroom to go pee totally naked and my mom's in my living room (laughs) (gasps) and my parents I guess for months had planned to come out and surprise me on my birthday and come to the wedding tasting with us 
And it was like this whole big secret. Where was your dad? John had left them in the house and kept going to them being like, she hasn't put her clothes on yet. She's still naked. And so my mom told my dad to like go into the back room to avoid what ended up happening, which was me walking out completely naked. Oh my God. And John couldn't say, put your clothes on? Well, he, I guess he was thinking like what she would think that was weird. Like he never, you know, like, like I would have been like, why? Like, leave me alone. I'm doing my, (laughs) I'm doing my routine. What if you would have went to the bathroom that's in the back room? Well, then I would have seen my dad. (laughs) That would have been a a big time disaster. (laughs) So I walk out, I let out like a blood curdling scream because I, I'm both so excited to see my mom, but also kind of upset that I'm naked. But I'll be honest, my mom has seen me naked a bunch. Yeah. We've had to try on wedding dresses. It's right. no big, she's had to change me after my knee surgery. It's not a big deal. But it was so funny. And my, of course, they like wouldn't stop giving me like, like making fun of me that I made it so difficult for them to oh surprise me God. because I wouldn't put my clothes on. Oh my God. And you couldn't film it. Couldn't film the surprise. Right. Yeah, exactly. we could not film the surprise. And it was really funny because the day before, like, I was so oblivious to this. Like, I had no idea. But, like, I should have known because there were, like, so many clues. Like, the day before I woke up and I had an early doctor's appointment or something. I think something like that. Yeah, I had, like, an early doctor's appointment. And so normally I don't, like, text or call them till like, later in the day. But I had woken up at, like, 7 or something and I had seen that my dad's Father's Day gift had been delivered. So I called them, like, early, like at, like, 7.30 to be like, hey, like, get your gift or whatever. And they ignore my call because they're at the fucking airport. Of course. Because they, they flew in on Monday for a birthday Tuesday. And so they then they text me. I call both of them and then they text me and they're like, hey, we're at the club at the pool. And like, you can't use your cell phone at the at the club. So I was like, oh, OK, that makes sense. But then like they were at the pool for the whole day, which like if right. you know my parents, they have never once spent the whole day at the pool, like until like 7 p.m. their time. You don't share your location with them? Seems no. like something you would do. I don't share my location with anybody. Oh, that's I wild. I don't know. Well, I'm not like a tech person. Right. I don't know. I don't ut- I don't utilize tech well. Yeah, but so the whole day I kept being like, are you guys still at the pool? But they're like flying across the country to come see me. Was the checks messages turning to green or did they get internet on? No, they had Wi-Fi on JetBlue. Oh my God. And then they were like, I called them and they were like, oh yeah, we're on our way to dinner now. But, you know, we haven't gone home yet. And uh, I was like, okay, where are you going to dinner? And they had, and then my dad goes, your mom's favorite restaurant. (laughs) And my mom was like, oh. Like couldn't think of a restaurant. <laughs> and then, oh my god! And then they lied, and then they lied and said that the present hadn't been delivered, which was why they couldn't call me to show my dad opening it. And then I was like, "Oh, but it, Etsy says it was delivered." Then my mom was like, "Well, you know, sometimes, sometimes it'll say it's delivered, but really, it's just at the post office, and the post office hasn't delivered it yet." That's true. And I was like, "Oh, okay." Like they had to like create so many lies because I made it so difficult. <laughs> Because you ask so many questions. I know. Because you ask so many. That's why I used to call you Alibi Raskin. You do ask a lot of questions. You're Alibi Raskin. You're constantly looking for an alibi. You ask a lot of questions. Yeah. Stories fall apart. My dad had like at one phone call like a few days before was like, well, we're all packed. And I was like, where are you going? And he was like, he was like, nowhere. And I was like, okay. (laughs) But you didn't ask more questions about that. Oh, because he's always doing pranks my dad my dad's always saying weird stuff so oh i was God. like i was like yeah all right dad whatever and then like he goes downstairs like i might have blown it but i don't think so the only person laying any groundwork is your dad just years of groundwork by saying stupid stuff all the time that doesn't really oh, yeah. make sense in his pranks totally yeah i'll just like ignore anything he says because he says such weird stuff all the time oh my god Wow, that's you just like are not even trying to get at anything. You're just innocently asking questions and people are like, stop. Yeah. Fuck. And John was so good. He like let he like went out to meet them while walking the dogs so that they could mm. come in together so that my dogs wouldn't bark. And wow. like he put so much, so much thought into all of it and knew for months that I just like would not get dressed. <laughs> what do you like surprises? I love surprises. Really? I love them. It makes me so giddy. 
I love to be shocked. I also love the idea that people are up to stuff behind my back for me. It's like very thrilling to me as a person. That people are thinking I of you. I hate it. You hate it? Why? Well, believe it or not, I like to be in control. And <laughs> I have throttled many of surprise birthday parties for myself. You have? Yeah, three. I just don't like being surprised. I like to know what's going on. I like to know that like I'm going to like what's going to happen. I can't fake. I'm very bad at hiding my emotions on my face. So if I don't like it, you're going to know instantly. <laughs> and you just guessed that they were doing a surprise party and was, then said, people I People were acting weird. They were acting weird. I could tell something just wasn't right. Oh, my and God. And you said, don't do this? Yep. It's exactly what I said. <laughs> oh, said, my God. I know you're doing something for my birthday. Don't do this. Oh, oh wow. God. I guess I guessed that I was getting proposed to. I kind of put it together. Not that day, though. Eh, but to, but to like a couple weeks before, I was like, you're not going to propose on our road trip, right? Yeah. And I asked you before you went on the trip, do you want to get married? <laughs> okay, fuck off, Melissa. <laughs> I did. I'm just saying. You asked Gabe, do you, you want to get yeah, married? Yeah, you were there, too. It was oh, wow. in this room that I'm currently in. Yeah. <laughs> And then people were like, why would you say that? Why would you ask that? And I'm like, because you got to be on the same page. Yeah. But I, wow. I don't know. Now I kind of am on the fence about surprises. I like some of them and I hate other ones. What do you hate? I hate like, I do like control. I hate being like taken somewhere that I don't know the situation. Mm -hmm. But I also do like when people are thinking of me. Like I have been delighted by gifts. So I don't know. Mm. I've never had a surprise or my mom threw a surprise party for me when I was in high school. And I, I don't know. I don't remember feeling any particular way about it. <laughs> my mom had started inviting people I didn't want there. Like, right. Uh, and I was just like, but she didn't know. But again, if I if I knew, then I would have. Well, they didn't get invited in the end when I had my actual birthday party. But oh, my God, Melissa. I think for me, I'm always so like hyper vigilant mm -hmm. that I actually like to not be in control sometimes because then I can just relax. Yeah. Like I didn't have to plan this. I didn't have to organize this. This is like I'm just being taken care of. Mm -hmm. I really I like lets me just like be chill in this way that is like so freeing. Yeah, I could see that. I also like it, it, it depends on if the person knows you and like knows what you would like and what you would want, you know? Yeah. I like just having my parents around. So that was pretty easy. Right. Exactly. Like, we know <laughs> Allison loves her parents. So that's perfect. I'm just, I guess I'm thinking about, yeah, Melissa, you're right. Like people who are like, now this person you hate is here. And I'm like, mm -hmm. damn it. I guess that's not really a surprise. I guess that's sort of an imposition. But the whole, the party itself would have been a surprise. Or even like when I first moved here, my parents were like, we'll help you buy a house. And I was like, no, because I know that they would just show up. And I don't like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm the opposite of Allison. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've had to get more spontaneous and flexible. I mean, I was, but I've had to get more like, okay, someone's coming over and you didn't think they were going to come over. It's like 15 minutes from now, but you didn't think that anyone was going to be over. And you just have to recalibrate your brain to be like, people will be here. That's mm -hmm. different. Oh, I guess Cause so. Because also that 15 minutes gives you the time to worry versus if they just show up. <laughs> yeah. A true, a true surprise takes away all anticipatory anxiety. That's true. you don't true. even know what's coming. That's true. Maybe that's what works well for me. <laughs> yeah. And my friends listening to this are like, okay, we'll just show up at your house. I gave too many people the door code. <laughs> oh, mm -mm. no. <laughs> no. What do, we, what do we rate this episode? I rate it. 70 out of 69 misery business. Let's take it from the top. Really good. Go for it. I will rate it 84 out of 59 fake I love yous. Ooh, 59 fake I love yous. Jeez. 84 fake I love yous. Jesus. I'll give it <laughs> 30 out of 10. I don't love Paramore, but I do love Ariana Grande. Interesting. Interesting. Do you like skateboards? Skateboarding? I mean, I have a skateboard and I bought it when I first moved to LA. It's been like 12 years and my whole goal was to learn to skateboard, but I never did. But I do have one. Why? Never too late. 
don't you like Paramore? They're amazing. I don't. It's not that I don't. I I like them. I don't love them. I think got they're it, fine. Got it. Got it. Got it. I just don't love them. Got it. I don't understand. I'm in the group that doesn't understand why the other black people love them. They have some real funky beats. Yeah, they're cool. <laughs> I just don't love them. Oh and Haley Williams' <laughs> hair dye company is amazing. Actually, Good Dye Young is really good and cool. I don't work for them, but I would if they wanted to pay me. <laughs> um, well, thank you to Sequoia Holmes for being our guest. Just Between Us is a Forever Dog production hosted by me, Allison Raskin. And me, Gabe Dunn. Produced by Melissa Diamond Monts. Edited by Coco Lorenz. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. Brendan Burns composed our killer theme music. To listen to this podcast ad-free, sign up for Forever Dog Plus at foreverdogpodcast.com slash plus. And make sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Forever Dog Team to keep up with all the latest Forever Dog news. Also, you can follow this podcast at Just Between Us Pod on TikTok and at JBU Podcast on Instagram. Also, I'm on Instagram now at Gabe S. Dunn. And I'm on Instagram and Twitter at Allison Raskin. And on TikTok at, at Allison Raskin Baby. And I'm on TikTok as Dabby Gun. So branding's going really well over here. Yeah, good luck finding us. Forever. Forever.